Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Oh, welcome Dan and Wayne. It's uh, round one done and dusted. It's good to have footy back, eh? Yeah, great to have back. And Dan and me were just talking. I think the best thing to have back was that with crowds at all the games. It was great to see. Yeah, I'm ecstatic. I can't believe round one's finally back, boys. I've never been this happy. And uh, before we get into it, I want to put you on the spot already. Mm. What was, just give us one take oh. from round one. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Eagles or whatever. What's your one take each from round one? All right, I'll go first. Um, it was good to see the... And I'm going to be a hypocrite here because I'm going to have a go out about it in the next thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's good to see the game. It looked at, it was opened up a bit. It was faster. And the full forward's back. Yep. Uh, I thought about this long and hard. And <laughs> I watched a lot of games. And for me, I'm probably being biased. But it was great to see Logan McDonald come up and good first WA game, boy. WA boy. And I, I'm surprised that he didn't because another Sydney boy got the Rising Star Award for the first week. But Gordon? Gordon? Yeah, yeah, he got it. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. He was better. He was. Yeah. But that was great to see. And I uh, probably other thing I said the great, the best part of the weekend was seeing crowds back at the game, especially at the MCG. Yeah, I forgot. I was. <laughs> I was at the crowd, and you just. I know what I'm like, and I sort of had a bit, a bit of a Barney with some Eagles fans in front of me. So if they do listen, I apologise. Um, just got a bit excited. I was actually having to go at Petricelli, but we'll talk about him later on. Yeah. He it's frustrated it, the hell out of me. It's funny because my one something I noticed my take was actually the same game as, as Wayne, but um, just a different point to it. I was so disappointed with the Lions. I thought they've had it so easy the last few years. You know, finishing so far down the ladder, being in the bottom six, getting an easy draw. They had these draw made top four. Then last year with COVID, the whole footy moves there. They barely have to leave their own state for the entire year. And I felt Swans brought it to them, and they weren't used to having things go their way or an easy run. And they just lowered their heads and just giving away stupid three uh, free kicks like clotheslining, you know, everyone saw Danaher's stray elbow. And they just looked like spoiled kids to me. They had it easy. As soon as they, someone took it up to them, they just lowered their eyes like and just just deplorable footy, I reckon. Uh, just complacency. They think they had the game won before they went out there, yeah. probably. Um, you know, footy's played in the, above the head. So, um, you know, if you don't go into the right attitude, and especially this year, yeah. I think it's going to be different. It's good to see the long quarters mm. back. but um, I, think right. one, I think one thing that I saw on the weekend too was the top six teams from last year. Yeah, they. I think they showed that they looked like they were a little bit behind in their training compared to most of the teams because they did start their pre-season nearly four weeks after everybody else. But in some, with the exception of Port Adelaide, as I said, and Richmond only journey just got through in that last couple of minutes of a bit of dusty magic in that yeah. last five or six minutes against Carlton. And that's not being detrimental to anybody else, but I'm tip, tipping would have been a nightmare for a lot of people. I know it was for me this oh, week. Definitely. So, but yeah, we got through, and I'm, I'm wrapped with that. But and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go on. But yeah, maybe that had a bit of an effect on a lot of teams. It is a very good point. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but. Port actually lost the first quarter too, didn't they? Like yes. I know they dominated the end, mm. so mm. it wasn't this great four-quarter effort. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot to be made of that because in a shortened pre-season, teams that played finals, it's even shorter. You know? mm. All right. I've got something that I want to bring up, but I'm going to do it under the pump. Under the pump. 
Steve Hocking said when he was employed that he wouldn't be making up any rules before any season, but going forward he'd be implementing them at the end of October, if any needed to be implemented at all. Instead of getting rid of rules, he has a godlike presence and, in, and he's adding rules at will for what reason. The first this year was a mark, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But two days before the start of the season, the concussion rule was talked about. The coaches were supposed to have been in on it. Not all the coaches were there. The Bulldogs coaches weren't there. Our Bulldogs coach, I meant, and WA and South Australia coaches were not there. Um... Let's make it a blanket rule. If you come off with an injury, you miss next week. You're putting too much hard work on the AFL doctor, Peter Hardcourt, and there's too many grey areas. And when you've got a game full of grey areas, this was a chance to get rid of a grey area and make it a blanket rule. What are your views, guys? I agree 100%. If you get subbed off, because it's not a sub... If there's an injury, you don't play next week. It's the same rules for the concussion, I find, if it's an injury. Um, I know he's a fan of yours, but they're saying Alf Loster might come up this weekend. So they sub him off, get a fresh player on, and he's playing next week. That just doesn't seem fair. And Wayne talked about right at the beginning of the podcast how good and close that game was, and they didn't run away with it to the end. It's like, well, if they weren't able to use a sub, would they have been able to have that impact? Mm. Being Tigers, they probably would have. Um, but I just don't like the rule changes. The man on the mark... Bit I don't actually hate that rule, but I hate things. It changes the game to a certain degree. The umpires are, are messing up now, where they're first of all, it's a bad penalty, fifty metres for a small step. But it's the things attached to it, like they're calling play on when they should not be calling play on. Oh, Oscar the... Allen on the weekend approached the umpires at three quarter time, said, "I never stepped off my line. You've called play on on a shot a goal, and it did. It cost us a goal almost because he's had to just quickly kick it and spray it." It's either they're doing it too uh, early or they're doing it way too late. Uh, and that, that's what I mean. Buddy Franklin. Early, but if you go to hand pass now, they're panicking just going to play on. And if you're not off your line, you're allowed to go to hand pass and change mm. your mind. You're allowed to go to kick and change your mind. It's not if you elect to hand pass and change your mind or kick, it's then play on. That's not the rule. It's if you go off your line. But not only that, um, this happened to Petrarca. Now, a lot of players have a natural curve with their goal kicking. And Franklin? Uh, Franklin's the worst for the yep. natural curve. But on the weekend, he had a shot after the siren. And he's and got he a natural go curve. No, he had a natural curve. Um, they called it a no contest. Not a behind, not a goal. They said it didn't count. The but, but Cripps got told he had to go dead straight. Well, that's the thing. And do you know what the rule is now? And this is what really is bizarre. You are allowed to have your natural curve, but you have to move now, say you're a footer, to the left. So they're saying you can go off your line a metre or two to start your run-up and then come into your line and the man in the mark to take your kick. So again, it's like yeah. you've made these mm. rules so ridiculously yeah. complicated yeah. now. And it's hard on the umpire. It's hard on the umpire. And, what I'd, and this is looking at the game, right? Now, this is me. This is as a small forward thinking, right? You're 45 metres out, the person's on the mark. That guy's not allowed to move. So why can't you run straight at him and at the last minute, nick off to your left? He can't move. You can run right up, straight up to him and then straight, like two metres in front of him, play on. He can't move until that umpire says play on. That's right. So I can't believe no one hasn't done that yet. They get around him and they run in. There are smart players who are doing it. If you watch a lot of them now, what they're doing is the, the player on the mark they say, right, that's your mark. You watch them. They're probably going about maybe one, two, three metres at the most back. Yeah. 
and then they go. But the top, they're gone, and they're actually level with the guy on the mark before the yeah. umpire says play on. Yeah. Then they'll get an extra couple of metres there and get that long kick in. Yeah. I find the smart players have got it worked out really well. well uh, but I don't like it because I think that man on the mark is a waste of time. Eh? Miles and I haven't. Yeah. They, I made the joke last week, sit on the ground because you have less... They're just looking for a play-on game. It's that, ridiculous. They got three teams scoring over 100, and that's what it was supposed to, you know, get bigger scoring. There's a few teams in the 90s, but there's always going to be games where there's low scoring, so it doesn't matter what you do. There's always going to be games that are high scoring, there's always going to be games that are low scoring. If you want to improve it, just keep go back to your normal mark. And I was looking at some old footage in the, in the 90s. And I know what Steve Hawking's trying to do, and um, look, the only way they can change it is limit the rotations, but, you know, it's the end of the round, they can change the rule, because it's that's what they can do. They can change the rule, they can tighten it up, they can do that, they can do it with their concussion rule. It's end of round one. If you want to do one more round, do it round two, but you still can change the rule, and it might make the game better. I don't know. Interesting, too, about the, the, you know, the concussion, you talk about the injuries... I didn't realise, I only heard this today, there's 10 doctors who have actually resigned away from the AFL, out of the AFL system and all the clubs, because of the process that you have to go through of all the paperwork they have to do to put into the AFL to get a player uh, with injuries and just whatever injuries they have. And I didn't really know this until I heard this today. And they said the doctors, they're, they're struggling to get good doctors back into the AFL because of the logistical nightmare it is for them they, they said the paperwork's worse than they have to do in a hospital well they've that's got terrible. one doctor that's signing off on all the concussions Peter Hardcourt and that's just a joke you're putting too much pressure on one person and especially if the teams are interstate you know he's got to rely on other doctors that he doesn't know it's gonna it's it's it's, it's not right they've got to get get it right you know um, look questions without notice boys you don't know these questions so quick fire if you can Question one. Should the first game of every new season be the two grand final teams from the previous year? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because uh, how many uh, since 2013 Carlton have, uh, haven't beaten the Tigers? Look. But the annoying thing is, it's not even a real tradition. Mm. Yeah. This isn't a VFL tradition. This isn't an early AFL tradition. Mm. They did this 15 years ago or something. They brought it in. So mm. why well, stick to it? it? No one likes it. People keep commenting about it. Can. Yeah, it's that's what I reckon. Carlton don't deserve any. They've done nothing no. in the last 10 years. So. No. Question number two. Do you like the 20-minute quarters back? Love it. Yes, definitely. Because I remember last year, you guys didn't want it back. Oh, no. Oh, I, I, both, no, I, no I, I think it's I 18. Went and listened. No, oh, I think I said oh, just agree go back to 18. <laughs> I think you like the short quarters. Yeah, no, we, we I like hate the short long, quarters. We like the long quarters. No, I said you I actually want the selfishly no. want more footy. I think yeah. I said, didn't I? I definitely and wanted I said I wouldn't surprise if they go to 18. We would I said I said 18. Um, I said I didn't want this. I didn't like the short quarters. Cause it didn't suit the West Coast. I hated the short quarters, and I yeah. and I, I definitely would have. I was definitely against short quarters. All right, question number three: Do the Eagles need to work on our tackling because they seem to not stick and too many broken tackles in every game? And I've been harping on about this for years. Agree. Their tackling is well, yeah, I like below it. standard. I think everyone needs to work on their tackling. Oh, I'm, I'm just They're talking about the Eagles. Last but. weekend's game though wasn't a good. Uh, when I watch because both teams, their tackles were in the thirties. Yeah, I'm tackle. not not worried about the number, but the tackling, the actual tackling. Yeah. I thought the Suns' tackling was a lot better. It was higher up. They pinned the arms, and there weren't as many broken ones. Every time Eagles went to 
tagline is like they were getting broken all the time. And I had ladies that are, uh, you know, older generation sitting there going, I can tackle harder than you. You know, and that's what picked it, picked it up. You know what I mean? Perfect example is your favourite player, Petrocelli. Well, we talk about flat, him. Running flat out. Yeah. We'll he, talk about him later on. He got that guy. He tackled it, no tackle, and the guy broke out of his tackle. Yep. Um, um, I wonder if it's got something to do with not wanting to tackle hard anymore. The it could be. Nat could Nui be. got done a couple of years ago. It could be. You know? mm. um, does Nick Nat, talking about Nick Nat, does he need to spend more time on the ground? Because he only spent 66% on the ground. No. Mm. 80 minutes is what he plays. And well, that's 66. I'm too worried to mm. have him... I'd like to see him a bit more than he is. I would he needs to be on a bit more. But, like, if they're doing 80 minutes, there's a reason. Yeah. Um, but he was 66 on the way I would be devastated game. if he does a knee again. So the doctor's obviously given the clearance of 80 minutes won't put duress, stress on his body. Um, otherwise, they would. You, you play champions as long as you can. Um, if they're playing him 80 minutes, then that's what's being ticked off. I would keep him at that to limit the damage he can do. Right. Minor criticism on the weekend, the last quarter... We got that first goal, and they took him off the ground. I thought, "What the hell have they got him off the bloody ground for?" Yeah, I was. Yeah, we I were, was going to bring that up in up footy. I was going to bring that up in the final siren, and I will talk about Nick a bit more in the final siren. Should Duggan have kept his mullet? No, I feel like it was like he, you know, Samson when he cut his cut hair. his hair off. No, he's his power go. Played a pretty good game on the weekend. Oh. I'm pretty sure Samson got his powers back. That's already too after <laughs> cut. You know. He looked totally different because people were going, is that, is that Duggan? Yeah. All right. Uh, the new apparel sponsor, Castor, is yet to arrive and Burley Seacombe has done the jumpers like we rumoured on this show a couple of weeks ago. Should we just void the contract? Because that's a joke. Well, I think the contract's already null and yeah. void, you know, mm. legally. So I think they could just say forget it. And um, the only uh, complaints I was hearing was the Burley Seacombe jumpers were way too tight. Mm. And if you look at Nick, he looked like he was overweight. <laughs> yeah, well, he hasn't had a proper pre-season, has he? No. He barely no. played any of the pre-season games, so he probably actually is. All right, we've talked enough of general footy. Let's get into the game, eh? It's the final siren. Well... Oscar Allen was best of field in a last quarter surge by the Eagles as they shook off an impressive Gold Coast to win by 25 points at Optus Stadium. It was 12 goals, 11-83 to 8 goals, 10-58. Um, Allen, 4 goals. Darling, 2. Kennedy, 2. Cripps, Petricelli, Ryan and Vardy, singles. And for Gold Coast, uh, King got 3. Holman, Miller, Sexton, Swallow and Weller got 1. Uh, look, it was a gallant effort by the Suns, but it was dampened by the early loss of Matty Rowe with a PCL yeah, injury. So that's looking sad. about 12 weeks out, the guy can't take a drink, can he? No. No, no. but thank God it was a PCL, yes, not it was an ACL. ACL. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. That, that's silver lining. So Top class young man, too. Yeah, and it was good to see Shuey got to him at the end yeah. of the game. And, um, uh, Quite a few players did at the end. Did that? Yeah. Uh, Stewie G didn't look too impressed, but I suppose you wouldn't with that last quarter. But um, that's probably where Eagles are going to win a lot of games this year, I reckon. They've got a lot more fitness, and you know, if it's tight in the last quarter, they're going to be banking on that they can get over the mm. get over him. Let's talk about Oscar Allen four goals, 13 disposals, nine marks, four inside 50s, two rebounds from 50. Could have had six goals, had seven score involvements, and he gave Jack Darlin one hell of a fucking spray. Well, yeah. that was the over-the-top, the super yeah. goal. So, yeah, he wasn't happy with that. Then he got called play on. 
And then he was, uh, when McGovern Brass, one of those were off, he was sent down back. Back, yeah. So four goals, it sounds flattering, but it could have been a lot more realistically. Yeah. But that's a good sign in a way that he is such a utility and he can have that impact on the ground. You know? and, and Darling usually does hand give a lot off. Very unsafe. And it was very, yeah. it was very weird. But, um, and you know, if he had to kick the goal, we wouldn't be wouldn't talking about that now. Yeah. Um, but at the time of the game, it probably would have sealed the game even more. I, I saw Oscar about three weeks ago, at, uh, as I told you guys, uh, at, we're out in, um, up in the beaches there at a food night. And I was having a chat to him, and I could see he's bulked up big time. And he's also, his fitness level, he's told me he's, he's worked really hard on his fitness level. Yep. So I think you're going to see a big, big year, year out of him. Um, Tim Kelly, 28 touches, 75% disposal, get it out. Uh, 13 score involvements, one goal assist, seven marks, three tackles, five clearances. 592 metres gain at nine inside 50s. That's probably one of his best games I've seen him play for the Eagles. That's why. If not the best. That's why we spent the big bucks to get him, and that's why we spent all those extra draft picks and that to get him. His delivery inside Mm. forward 50 was amazing, Mm. and if that's his first game. Hmm. Like I think, like similar to what we just said about Oscar Allen, I think he's going to have another yeah. big year too. And yeah. there were shoes to fill with Shuey and Yo out, and it's he almost a glimpse up. of our future, isn't it? This game, you know, you had the Sheed and the which we'll talk about later, uh, and then you got Kelly in the midfield, just sublime. What he does, he's got that X factor look to what he does because hmm. he's so clean by boot, and um, hmm. so many goal assists come from him. Um, and then Oscar Allen, you know, and talk about brass down back, you know, that's our youth. That's what's mm. going to carry this side into the future. So having Yo and Shuya kind of gives you that glimpse of what our midfield's going to look like in mm. the future. He had a quiet a second quarter and Jack um, Bowes or Bowles from uh, Suns was on him and that's where he got a lot of his possessions. He ended up with 30 possessions as well. But um, when Kelly was given a bit more freedom, that's where second half were just exquisite. Yeah. Um, Tommy Sheed, 34 touches. A lot of people said he was best in ground. Nine clearances, seven scoring involvements, four inside 50s. Look, I liked his game, but there's one thing he's got to get out of his game, and I've noticed it in probably the last half of the year, last year. He rushes a lot of kicks. He, he screws them around the corner, and I know he's trying to get them out of the area, um, but five of them went straight to a Suns player on the weekend. And to me, that's what lets him down a bit. But other than that, yeah. he, he's, a, he's a machine. And he, he can run all day. He's an endurance beast. And when he's forward of the ball, he's pretty good. And that, every time that he did make those rush kicks is when he was backward of the ball. Yeah. Five out of 34 touches isn't that bad, yeah. though, really, when you're getting that much. Right? No, that was, that's did, the ones I picked I up. I actually did have him. and 64% it, efficiency. It was hard not to give it to Alan or Kelly. Um, mm. But I did give the sheet because watching the game, he just seemed to be everywhere. And I felt he was the most consistent player on the day where he didn't fade in and out of the game. He was there and just such a workmanlike effort. And that's the best way to describe Sheed, in my opinion, is workman and he kicks. So you didn't like the kicking it down. If you're under pressure in the zone, I don't want you to hand it over with a little chip kick and get turned over a handball that gets smothered. I'd rather you clear that zone because it is a 50-50 ball, I admit. But it gives our chance, our backs, which is our strong suit, Time to get every, every, set up, you know. It gives yeah. them time to get. Started. Every time he did it, he wasn't under any pressure. He thinks he is, yeah. and he's doing it when he thinks he's under pressure when he's not, mm. and that's what pisses me up the wall. 
um, and being at the ground, I don't know, you just get a different viewpoint from the TV because you can see what's around him as well. Um, but for me, I thought Bunga Hand was best on ground by a country mile. I just um, on okay. my biggest criticism of Sheed has always been his kicking because yeah. I think he used to always try to kick like a, get the daisy cutters along and get that perfect pass. That's always been my biggest criticism. And I know the coaches, it's been their, their biggest criticism why he got dropped early a lot because he's just trying to do that perfect pass and you can't. But I must say, his kicking has improved over the over the last probably two seasons for sure. Yeah, it doesn't 2018 drop down. Is the so best I, I know exactly that. what you're saying because uh, he doesn't drop below 70 too much anymore. No. I, so he, he has was, worked on it. And I that, thought, that's why he was drafted was because yeah. he's such a good and big kick yeah. too. I honestly thought in the last quarter, he and Kelly started everything. To get that run on, oh yeah, they were just dynamite. And clearances too. I think he had oh, the most clearances. Yeah. Uh, they were brilliant. They well. ran hard. You, you just briefly said Tommy Brass, mate. I'm telling you what he's been from the last couple of weeks. He's been rock solid, and you know he had 22 possessions, 13 marks. Ben King kicked three goals, but they went all on him. Mm-hmm. One was on Cole, and I think the other one was when McGovern went to him as well. Um, but talking about Backman in. In that last quarter, McGovern, he he just every third quarter he goes off limping. I notice that every game he goes off limping, hmm. and the commentators picked it up. Oh, he's injured again, but then he comes back on, and then he has a brilliant quarter, yeah. hmm. and he did two goal saves that saved us because they kicked the first goal, and then we kicked five unanswered goals. Um, if he hadn't saved those two goals, he, it could have been a different ball game. That, that third quarter, that was a knee-on-knee clash with yep. one of the other forwards, yep. with one of the uh, the Suns forwards. That's why he went off. Yeah, yeah, so but came back. And I said to you guys at the start, I, I believe by the end of the season, we could have the two best key defenders in the competition yeah. with Barras and um, and Gov. And I think a lot of people, and I agree with Bunga, it was a great game, but a lot of people have underestimated Tommy Cole. He's yeah, well, he's the, absolute he's the other guy. Game. He's the other guy I had written down here. He was good for the whole four quarters. Oh, yeah. Outstanding, and looks fit. And where strong. he picked, he picked up was, and people didn't notice Shep that much. No, right. But I think Cole was playing a different sort of role and running off where Shep was trying to get man to man. That's usually Shep doing that role. Yeah, and um, I thought Cole did really good, and I actually thought. All our back line did really good. Yeah. Especially for so the amount strong, of ball that was coming in and the way it was coming in. They were bringing it in at low. People have worked the Eagles out at ground level. Eagles are shit at ground level. Mm. So that's something the Eagles have to work on the ground level work, I reckon. Especially if the play's going to be that quick coming in to the 50. That's what the general consensus was over the nine games on the weekend. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, mm. intercept markings our strength down back. So that's just then yeah. trying to take that away. Um, but I believe that's why we saw a Colger in the way and a Nelson comes in. Mm. Um, not so much a Roffin, but a Shep. Uh, they're the ones that get that dirty mm. ball coming in more. Mm. So, it's, And again, it's just a great sign for the future because Cole's yeah. another young boy. Barass is another young boy. Um, it's just great to see these young kids and they almost... And Gov's not that old, but to take the mantle. At the end of this year, we'll be talking about Barass beating Gov. Because statistically, you look at them, Barass had the better game. Mm. Oh. say Gov. Yeah. Gov yeah. had a great game though. You know, he still mm. took seven intercept marks or something mm. like that. You know, so he still had a great game. He dropped about five, <laughs> yeah, which is unusual it. for him. Um, but just uh, as a whole, more general thing, the game played out like I was hoping for. Um, mm. There's just a few interesting things about it. 
I was hoping they fade late Suns. They do it a lot. They were actually beating lines quite convincingly in the preseason. Second half got run over. So I knew we got good endurance, and that's what I was hoping for this game. And it showed. The last quarter is where we ran away. For that, it was an arm wrestle. Um, tag Gaff. They realised Gaff was hard, so they tag Gaff. But well, that's the, it doesn't work. No, that's the other thing. Sheed and um, Kelly just had that. Well, Kelly probably had his best game for. Gaff, Gaff at three quarter time had eight touches. Yeah. In the last quarter, he had eight touches. Yeah. So they they tried to take him out of the game, which it, it worked because they had the ball. You know, they, they were in front by a point at three-quarter time. So uh, I think a lot of teams might start working on Gap a bit more because they realise he is such an important link to our side. But that's what I love about our midfield is no matter who you tag, someone else can step up. Yeah. Mm. So sure, he normally cops it, you know, but it's, we're just so versatile. We're a hard team to tag. Yeah. Because you, you take one player out, we're so consistent in there. We don't rely on like a five. Yeah. We don't rely rely on like a dusty. We're more workmen and very talented players in there. But you tag one, that's okay. He'll have a limited impact. The others will then fill the void. You can't tag everyone. And another, this is a stat. So Wayne loves when I bring up stats. <laughs> I heard, and I can't fact check this one, but I've heard it a couple of times. In the first six rounds over the last few years, Suns are ranked second for wins. Yeah. Win rate. Mm. That's that's amazing to me. But they're and then they're ranked 18th after. I always know. Yeah, I always know they drop yeah. off at the end of the yeah. years. So yeah. it wasn't really a good time to get the yeah. sun. So I'm yeah. so happy with that win. And sitting second on the ladder, ladder was obviously a good win. Well, I've had a few players down. Quick, Redden was down. And yeah, Redden. Red I don't he, think Nick played a great game. People, yeah. I know he won not hit outs, but Jared Witts played a really. I thought good Witts game. was better. Played better. He played. His, his three first three quarters were very good. Well, the guys from the Suns that had Wits was one of their best players. Bose, Lukosius, uh, Charlie Ballard down back, he was pretty good. Um, Oleg Markov, the guy from Richmond, yeah, he fitted in well. pretty really good. And Sam Collins. But, you know, again, it's always the back half-backers and mm. that. Um, I thought David Swallow played pretty good as well. Yeah. But in the last quarter, they just faded. Um, it was a, people were cramping all over the place. I don't know if you saw it on the TV, but um, they were cramping everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just one of those games that you want to get off to a good start, and I'm glad we do because there's another stat for you. I hope it's not the one <laughs> I want to say next, but go. Because in the last 58 years, any team that's had zero and two at the start of the year never make the finals. So that's five in the last 58 years that have made finals, but none have made the grand final. Mm. So it's an interesting stat. So, if you, you know, Eagles, they get the win. So that's a good little stat to know. Do you know what I love about that stat? What? Do you know who's playing this weekend? Geelong and Brisbane. Yeah. Mm. And they're two of the Premiership favourites. Yep. So one of them's going to be heard two. And st- yeah, statistically, mm. no team has ever won a grand final from 0-2 and two to start the season. Actually, I heard it. It was about Collingwood. It was about Collingwood. Because they were trying to talk about Buckley. Yeah. That's but where I heard it's like it. one, either Geelong or Lions will now have to go 0-2, and two, yeah. which is great for the Eagles. I think one other player that people underestimated this weekend, everyone bags in, was Nelson. He took Isaac Rankin the whole game and took him completely out of the game. I think he kept him to 11 possessions and he got one point. Now, he's their barometer in that forward, that forward half, Rankin. And he, yeah. he's the one who gets the ball and he's the one that can do the freaky things. Nelson, and everyone, I know it's a few guys in the East too, they bag him, but he's, his jo- he does his job. 
He's yeah. a hard ass. He's the. No, I love him. He's the one hard ass we've really got that doesn't care if he gets yeah. banged up. Yeah, anyone and, that doesn't watch many other games, they might not realise how much uh, Rankin is mm. an X oh, factor. So to massive. not have him pop up mm. is a massive. And that could have been well, Prince us winning and losing the game on the weekend. Very much. So. And his job. Before we get on to talk to dogs, I'm talking about another small Ford. Seeing you brought Rankin up, mm. Petricelli, mm. donuts until three quarter time. He was best on ground for one minute. Where he had four possessions. And that was in the last minute. Doesn't do sweet FA and being at the ground, I'm, I didn't see it on the TV because it's different, but he just does not put himself in position. He walks around with his head cut off and where there's open football, he sh- open areas, he should be running into there and demanding the football when we've got the ball going forward. And he just stands there waiting for somebody to go past to give it to him. He should be running in there and d- mm. dominating and demanding it. And that's why he should be dropped. I think he'll lose his... I can't see him holding his spot this week. I'll be I very think surprised. Jo- Jones, our emergency, I think, will come I, in. I think Jones. Um, will have to be given a go. The sad thing to me is he wasn't the worst player. Mm. In my opinion, wasn't the worst player out there. And statistically, wasn't the worst player No, he wasn't. We, and we all know his name starts with V. And, yeah, the worst part is when, when you're a young kid that hasn't played 50 games, mm. you're going to get dropped because they're... But when it's a senior player having a worse mm. game than that, that's... That's unforgivable. You well, need we, to see any we all know he's only in there until Williams gets fit. That's so, right, yeah. well, let's get on to the doggies. It's bounced out. Right, the Eagles take on the Bulldogs this week. I think Sunday at the Marvel at the um, what do they call it, the Superhero Stadium, whatever yeah. it's called yeah, now. <laughs> Um, let's quickly talk about the doggies. They uh, round one. They beat the Pies by sixteen points, and they had nine players with more possessions than the highest Magpie, which was Penderbury with twenty-five. The possession count was four hundred and sixty-five to three hundred and sixteen. To me, if you are only winning a game by sixteen points, that's overuse of the ball. To me, well, I if you're that, only winning by sixteen I points, that game and I, they reminded me a lot of us, where we get a lot of the ball from half back to half forward and we do nothing with it and I found I made a comment to on, on one of the footy sites where I thought they played really well but if they get a key a good key forward that strikes it on the day they'll be a very very good team I think that's what they're lacking at the moment is a good key yeah they're, they're lacking I, I a key like, forward I love Eric Norton I love Aaron Norton but he, he didn't play very well on the weekend but they need he needs somebody down there with him they, they're trying English down there with uh, Steph Martin and the Ruck but I'm just talking about possessions. McRae. Everyone talks about McRae. And he had 35 possessions this game, right? 14 handballs were in the back half and they went to no one. And two of them got turned over and got goals on them. He doesn't hurt you. If you get your, if he's going to get the ball that many times, he needs to be more damaging. Dunkley's the same. Dunkley sort of played on a wing and he was getting cheap possessions at, at will, you know what I mean? I think he's both hit the nail on the head there where, yeah, I find dogs fall apart in their forward line. They've got no one to kick goals. I think without Shuey and Yo, they've definitely got the stronger midfield. They are such a handball-heavy team, and I actually hate watching the dogs play. I find them so frustrating because they throw it. I remember in 2016, they won it, yes? Mm. Yeah. Um, they came out and they said they're cracking down on throws. Mm. Like, you've got a hand pass properly, they're cracking down on throws. Bevo came out and said, I hope that's not targeting dogs. If he's come out and said that, he's got a guilty conscience. I call it the dog throw. You watch it. A lot of their handballs aren't handballs. They're quick. Because they're, exactly what you said, they're a handball-heavy side. They're out of congestion, quickly handballs. You watch it, they'll throw it about 20% of the time. 
which doesn't sound like much, but you said McRae has 35. Suddenly you're looking at, what's that, seven, eight disposals that are throws. Hmm. And it really is that bad. And just pay attention. They don't get picked up, but just this game, hmm. just watch, see how many times they throw it. One, one guy that did have 35 possessions and did hurt the opposition was Bailey Smith. He's playing on the wing, so... Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game this coming up because we've got our good wingers. Uh, I reckon Sheed and Gav will be our wingers. Um, they got Bailey Smith on their wing and Dunkley on the other side. And Trelaw was playing a bit on the wing. They It's going to be an interesting game. Like you said, they've got a, a name-studded midfield. Um, but that means nothing to me. And if you're getting the ball a lot and not doing with it, it doesn't mean anything to me as well. Let's look at both their injury lists. Uh, Eagles were well, yo. Who knows when he's going to play? Rumours around that he's not going to play at all. Hutchie's four to five weeks. Shuey, they said one to two weeks. It's either one week or it's two weeks. Well, they say when we play Port Adelaide, they reckon he'll be back for Port Adelaide. That's Port. That's next week. Yeah, so So, they're not not going to travel him. They're going to have him at home. Um, Waterman, he's two weeks, um, but he hasn't done a pre-season, so he's going to be... They've already said he's going to come back through the waffle. Uh, Williams, he did his ankle in a basketball game. Hmm. Yeah, so they finally told us where it happens. So, you know, for once I've been transparent. Yeah, it's funny. We just actually talked about this, didn't we? Like, we were asking the question, where is Williams? What's going on? We didn't know what injury. Mm. And there was no, like, saying when he was coming back. Because they didn't want to say he tried to slam dunk and rolled his ankle playing basketball. Well, he stood on the football coming down. Is That's that how it all happened. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. Mm. All right. Um, the Western Bulldogs injury list. Crozier is out for six weeks with a shoulder. Garcia and Hannon, they won't play this year. Toby McLean, he won't play probably this year with a knee. Eason Wood, he'll come back in. So um, Ed Richards, he's probably another week. Uh, Jason Johannesson is available to play. So is Zane Cordy. And today, Jamara Eagle-Hayden, who kicked five goals in the VFL scratch match, they said they're going to hold him off. They said he's not ready. So it be interesting because, you know, like you said, they're... They need that one extra key forward. Hmm. I'd be chucking him in. Oh. I'd be chucking him in the deep end. Especially with you don't, yeah. you're not number one draft. He's a prodigy. A so, um, but like they said, maybe they looked at um, Matty Rowell and said, if we chuck him in there and he gets injured, hmm. who knows? I don't know. Maybe the pace yeah, could also be like they he hasn't want... played for eighteen months. Don't forget, they didn't play footy last year. Could hmm. also be they don't want when they play his first game. They want don't want him debuting against Gov and Barras. Like, that is a high possibility. Yeah, they do that. They yeah. look at, all right, what plays are going to target him. If he's the deepest forward, he'll get a gobble. It'll more likely be Barras, to be honest. Mm. And they don't want to throw him into the lion's den straight away. They'll pick someone with a weaker defence and say, right, we're debuting you. Um, Robbie Tarrant's out for the Kangaroos, so I don't know when they're playing, but it could be the Roos without Robbie Tarrant. Mm. We'll chuck you in now, you know, get a couple, help build that confidence yeah. Yeah. to launch you into your career. Um, we briefly talked about Mr. Petricelli in um, the final siren. To me, I think he's going to have to make way this week. Um, and Jones gets given a Guernsey. I agree. Yeah. And maybe they could switch it over. I don't know. Uh, Petricelli. I think he's running on two stroke, not four stroke. Um, look, at the moment. Yeah. You know, I know I'm probably a bit hard on him, but he needs to get himself in the right positions. Um, you know, um, I don't want to see them do uh, a young player as a debut and he sits on the yeah. sub I just find that I find that sucks you could find they Brando did that with a couple of players Brando was BOG in the scratch match on the weekend well Brando was the other one I was going to say did would he come in this is the thing and I didn't get into it but if you're only going to have three disposals and one hit out 
as the second ruck to Nick Nat, only playing 80 minutes. I don't care if you're not a ruckman, as long as you've got height. Bring in an Edwards. Bring in a Brando. Yeah, um, Alan was fresh to it. He didn't do a pre-season rucking, and mm. he started. So if Brando can't get a game, bring him in. Mm. Give well, him that ruck for him, because it's not good enough. Did anyone see where he played in, in the wobble? I played, played <laughs> yeah. back line, so now it's back. Do you want to know where he played? Midfield, wing, back line, forward. So he played everywhere. It's the problem that we've all said, settle him forward. Keep him as a forward. Yeah, keep him yeah. as a forward. But no, nah, he played absolutely everywhere. Because yeah, that was the right up. I really got yeah. most of his back game. Uh, back most of his game in the back line. That's yeah, right. Uh, I'd love to. I'd chuck Harry Edwards in there just because of height. Yeah. And he's a cocky, yeah. cocky bastard. I uh, love the way he approaches it. Um, and he had that one game last year, so I'd love to see him giving a go. And like we said, Vardy's probably the other one that's probably just skating on uh, thin ice. Hmm. Uh, Simo didn't want to address it the other day. Somebody asked about it, and he said, oh, we won't go into that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, three possessions, one hit out's not good enough for a ruckman of his calibre. Hmm. But he also, let's not forget, and as I said, I don't like to get wrapped up in pre-season games because I've said this on this, hmm. the results don't matter. They do hold back a bit. But Meek from Freo, a kid that hasn't even played an AFL fan, beat him two weeks in a row. Hmm. Easily beat Vardy yeah. two weeks in a row. And don't forget Vardy. Vardy was not uh, originally a ruckman. He was he was recruited to Geelong or where he recruited to as a key forward. Yep. That's what his position. He, we just come into the ruck because of his height and we were Nick Nat got an injury in two thousand eighteen and he fitted in quite well, so well, maybe we got rid of the wrong one because he had a blind over the Swans. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best game he's ever played in his career. So, uh, look. Quickly, the players to watch it. Bulldogs, where we know they've got a star-studded team. Bonham, Pally, McRae, Hunter, he gets a lot of the ball. Trelaw, Bailey Smith, Dunkley, Caleb Daniel. If you let him run a lot, he can carve you up. Uh, Liberatore, uh, Norton, English, you know, he he might find his spot down forward. Mm. Uh, He might cause a few headaches. And Steph Martin rucked really good for him. He's probably going to be the recruit of the year for them. Yeah. Sure. Um, Brisbane will probably be re- ruining uh, getting, letting him go as well, thinking that he didn't have much to go. But hey, where's this game going to be won, and how can we exploit it? Uh, I think Quickly. it's the back lines because they're so weak, like Wayne touched on forward. I think Caleb Daniel, you watch Langdon will be put on him because he's our defensive forward, and I reckon that's what will be run. Um, we could lose the midfield battle, but as long as we attack from defence like we're known to do, we should win this game. I, I, I'm on the opposite end, I think. Always in the midfield, you win the game. I just think it might come up a bit short this week. But I reckon it's going to be a nail biter. But I think we'll be, be a bit short. I reckon they might get off to a good start. We'll peg them back, and I reckon it's going to be exactly like last year. I reckon there's not going to be a goal in it. Yeah. I and so. um, I can't pick who the winner is. I want it to be West Coast, but yeah. someone's telling me because we're missing Shuey, not more Yo, because we missed Yo for eight games last year. Shuey would be make a difference. Yeah, mm. huge um, difference. But. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Our next few games are crucial. Uh, we've got Port Adelaide at home, then St Kilda at Marvel, then we've got Collingwood at home, and then we've got Geelong at, G- at Alphabet Stadium. Oh, so right. that's a hard start to the year. If we can get four and two, like I said, the last pod- yeah. podcast, we're laughing. Right. Yeah. Three and three, even cool, but anything less than that, we're going to be... Do you want to hear my tinfoil hat moment for this week? Let's go. Quickly, it's just remind me. Okay, tinfoil hat time. So this is something I've throughout. This is Dan's tinfoil hat. This is going to happen every, every is round. Is there merit to it? Sometimes not, sometimes is. That's for you to decide. Now, listen to this. Statistically, how many Vic sides are there? There's ten. There's eight interstates. Two of us are WA, right? So the fact we're not playing 
or Frio, a Victorian side over here, to round four or five is because in March it's too bloody hot for the Victorians. So they will stick interstate teams here to come. And statistically, that should happen when you're comparing ten teams to six, because you can't count, obviously, Eagles and Dockers, for four or five weeks in a row. Statistically, that's an anomaly. They don't like the hot. How hot was it on Sunday? Hmm. 34 degrees. Any little advantage the AFL can give the Vic teams, the VFL, they will give it people. Boom, tinfoil hat comes off. I've never noticed that. But <laughs> Have you noticed I've yet? never noticed that, but I'm going to go look back now through all the years and see how much they do it. And I think that could be one stat that's going to be put on the pinboard there. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't look too deep because we had Melbourne here for our podcast. <laughs> I just say this oh, year, right. tinfoil hat, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't a big... It's very hot this summer. It wasn't a big... Big Melbourne team. No, it wasn't. It was never a Tigers. It's not a column. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to better that next week. So oh, I, I, that that's going to be every <laughs> week now, the tinfoil hat moment. All right, well, that's the end of our another show for us. Uh, we're back in round one. So, yeah, it's good that the footy's back, boys. Um, if you're an Eagle Nation follower, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Download the shows from there. You can join us on any podcast platforms. We do it on SoundCloud, but it's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. There's plenty of others. Um, it's good to be back, boys, and uh, every Wednesday from now on, unless we have a Thursday game, we'll probably do it on a Tuesday All right. or a Monday. So um, if you want to do that, guys, uh, put a review out there for us, and, uh, yeah, I hope you listen in all year. All right. Thanks for watching. Hopefully we're back after another win. Yes. Yeah, let's hope it's 2-zip uh, and going into port. It's going to be good. Go Eagles. See you, boys. Yeah.